What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Michael Alvarez. He joins us via Skype from his studio in Los Angeles. Uh, I've been trying to get him on the show for a long time, so it's good to have him on. We have a nice conversation. I really like Mike's style a lot. It's uh, it's Make sure you go check it out if, if you don't already follow him, Michael Alvarez, uh, on the interwebs. Um, he paints different than anybody else that I that I see painting like it, there's these weird blurs this weird like texture to how he paints that I find um super intriguing um and unique and creative and he is I think his personality kind of fits that as well so um look forward to sharing this interview with you guys and um I also want to let you I guess I, I mentioned it I think on the last episode and when or when I had recorded maybe in the intro but when I recorded this I hadn't got everything squared away yet but we are coming up on the five-year anniversary of the podcast which is insane to fucking think about um so we are doing the second live free podcast group show at this time uh the last one was in Portland this time it's going to be at the Daniel Rolnick gallery in uh Santa Monica make sure you check out Daniel Rolnick gallery it's D-A-N-I-E-L r-o-l-n-i-k gallery.com uh you can get all the information over there when the show is going to be ready and i'll be talking about it from here on out um it's going to be a big group show tons of rad artists like uh mike egan dave mcdowell uh steve cavallero is going to be in the show mike giant rich jacobs um my buddy kevin christie who is a la comic hopefully he'll be able to make it out for the show uh, Miss Aaron M. Riley, uh, Anthony Lister, and Judah Supine. Marcella Macedo is going to get a piece in there. Bo Roulette, um, and a, a whole list of others. There's probably like 30 names on the list. Ben Venom, Gabe Leonard, tons of people. So um, hopefully everyone who is in the Los Angeles area can make it out to the show. And um, we're going to be recording podcasts there while like with people who come out to the opening talking with random folks we're gonna um do a whole bunch of fun stuff shirts and prints and the whole nine so uh look for that uh the daniel rolnick gallery will uh be posting a bunch of stuff when uh the time comes so uh let's not diddy dabble let's not dibby dabble dabble dibble schlabble labble too long and just jump right into this episode um make sure you follow me i'm mike maxwart on the social medias uh donate to the podcast make some money all right let's let's stop fucking around let's just get into this thing all right so ladies and gentlemen without further ado i haven't done that in a while you miss that the, the further ado work on my french and shit i've been cooking up a storm over here so maybe i'll just build a french accent on top of that um let's let's talk to michael alvarez mr michael alvarez what's up Yo. my friend how are you Good, dude. How you doing, Mike? Good, very good. It's uh, it's a pleasure to to have you on the show. We've uh, we've been friends for a long time, and I've been wanting to have you on for a long time too. Um, but as is typical, it just takes people some time to get their schedules synced up, like like Dick Tracy and shit. So, um, first, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm sorry for the lag too. No, no, no. It's 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 a totally mutual thing. <laughs> it, it seriously, it's like it's almost like. To do the podcast, it's kind of like uh, growing a garden. Do you know what I mean? True. Yeah, for sure. So it's like I throw some seeds out there, and occasionally some sprouts will will grow in in the soil. Then uh, sure. plants start to bloom, and they you know they'll flower, and then there's a nice conversation that happens at the end. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm stoked, man. Been, yeah. been a fan, dude. Yeah, rad. So we, um, you and I met, I guess, back shit, like probably like. I, I don't even know the years now, but uh, we worked on the Year Zero project, uh, the Nine Inch yep. Nails thing, which a number of the guys have been on the show, too, like Johnny and Dio. Mm -hmm. um, I just had Andrew Hem on the show. Yeah, and, that was uh, a good one. I feel like all you guys are kind of like, I sort of met all you guys sort of around the same time. Um, and I've been a fan of your work for a long time, too. I feel like you are a very unique painter in terms of uh your technical capabilities i think the look of your work is very unique 
Um, and it's something like being able to watch you paint too on a large scale was really like, I was like, Whoa, this guy paints different than everybody else paints. You know, that whole project I learned a ton. So um, I think I, I've, I've been interested in your work like since we met right away, you know, and, but I, I don't feel like I knew too much about you before that. Um, and yeah, maybe well, vice I mean, versa. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for the good words, man. I appreciate that, dude. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, cause that when that happened, I think it was 2007. So I was still in school at the time, and I think Dial was too. Yeah, but, that's um, right. So I think this was the first art job that I'd ever gotten, aside from, um, you know, maybe painting, painting like, uh, like a graffiti production, like a legal wall, like a legal production, or doing like a, like a painting of like John Lennon or something for my, you know, like things like that, really. Yeah. So I think that was probably like the first thing that I put in public where I signed my actual name. So, um, yeah, that was just a cool, that was a cool thing to be a part of in general, man. Like a cool, like it was a huge space. And then it was nice just to collaborate and like learn different ways of painting and just different techniques. Dude, that was a blast, man. Yeah, I, I know. I learned a ton for sure. The stuff that I picked up that I still use, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's kind of like a- the nature of it, right? Yeah, and especially um, going that large scale too. It's really that's really uh, fun to be able to like kind of go from micro to or yeah, micro to macro. Yeah. So like yeah. it's a little body body experience, especially using lifts and everything like that. Like I just kept it kept it fun, dude. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump back a bit. You um, mm-hmm. we did that project in Los Angeles. Uh, did you grow up in LA? Yeah, I grew up in LA. Um, I grew up in uh, El Sereno, which is uh, located in the northeast area of LA. So it's I would say about we were painting on Melrose and Fairfax. So it's about maybe 20 minutes away if you're driving and there's no traffic, I would say. Okay. Uh, and what about your folks? Um, oh, yeah, they grew up in the same area. We we're like pretty we're generations deep in L.A. Um, originally, I'm, I'm fourth generation Mexican-American. So my family originated both sides in uh, Durango, Mexico, and then they moved to San Antonio and then moved to L.A. So, yeah, we've been here for for quite a while. Yeah. Did uh, what did your folks do? Was there anything that sort of like sort of instinctively pushed you towards a creative path or like an art career? Uh, um. Did- you know what? Not real. Not really. There. I mean, I had some. I've had. I would say two or three family members that you know were were talented artists, and I, I was just inspired being around them. But nobody that had a career or like had any like involvement in the art world. But um, we did. There was a, a collection of like Mad magazines in the house, and there was always um, like cartoons being watched. And also, I, my aunt and my dad particularly, they were just really into music. So I think just having albums and album covers and being introduced to like, um, I would say primarily like um, psychedelic rock, starting with the Beatles. And then um, I I would say just an education to like things of the alternative really kind of got me excited. But yeah, as a kid, um, I was just always into drawing. There's a photo at my parents' house where they're... For a while, the house was like nothing but drywall because they were like in the middle of construction. It was cool because they let us just draw and tag all over the house. So there's <laughs> photos of like Popeye and like uh, and Alfred Newman and like Ninja. You know what I mean? Things like that. So I mean, I, thankfully they they were just down to let me do it, and there was cool resources around. Yeah, I wonder if like moments like that. I I always try to like romanticize things now that like. You know, the people that I'm talking to have been making things for, you know, like 30 years since they were a kid, right? Like, in that range. And so, like, I always try to romanticize moments that we don't, like, recognize as being important at the time. Mm -hmm. And then being able to look at it 10, 20, 30 years back and see, Mm -hmm. oh, shit, that was really, really important. And maybe was a a pivotal time that uh, set me on a particular path. And so I was, yeah. you know, like, so I, I guess you you mentioned doing like big production walls. I, I assume you got into doing some graffiti and that sort of thing, or doing yeah. stuff out on the street. You know what? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say originally, I think it all kind of started through skateboarding. Well, kind of. Well, a few different ways actually, because there were a lot of walls and murals close to where I grew up, and yeah. then there was also like a, I guess like a popular graffiti art as well. So. Um, one thing that uh, I think just being being able to see all that stuff, kind of just passing by, was always inspiring. Um, I was a you know I was a little toy for a long time, 
And, um, <laughs> I mean, I'll, you know, dude, I was a uh, toy and a poser, you know what I mean? Like, dude, you kind of, you have to be, but, um, I, you know, had older cousins that really kind of familiarized me with, with all that stuff. And it was, I think once I started taking the bus, just traveling around LA, just seeing everything, I was really inspired, but I didn't really start getting into graffiti until I was 17. I think I, I just didn't really have the confidence and I knew my shit's really whack. So it's like, dude, it's going to look whack out there. So, you know, I would just practice kind of just like, you know, just keeping it covert. Yeah. But, um, I think, yeah, I think for sure that, um, practice really got me comfortable working on a large, on a large scale. Cause it's, more of a body experience as opposed to like pencil and paper yeah it's a it's like a, a a dance more so than like a technical drawing skill yeah for sure and it's funny I mean, that you say that too because uh, i remember <laughs> go for it my bad no i was going to mention too that uh that how how public transportation plays such a big role in that thing it's almost like people who have cars don't get the opportunity to see the artwork that is back in between where public transportation tends to go sometimes mm. you know like for yeah. me like trolley lines and shit but go ahead oh yeah no for sure yeah that stuff especially like yeah that and the metro like where you're gonna pass you're gonna pass directly through yards you're passing directly through the la river i mean not anymore because it's been completely buff but um for you know so many years you could just pass by and you're gonna it's like gonna blow your mind especially if you're on that level and if you're that kind of person that's that are, that is soaking it in yeah, and but you yeah, realize how scale. You uh, yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah, scale for sure. No, I was just gonna say, dude, it's really funny how you mentioned that it's kind of like a dance, like um, using like the full body experience. Because I remember you said that to Dio um, <laughs> during that interview, and it's true, dude. Like the way that guy paints, it's like really incredible because it's like high energy and pretty jazzy, you know. So um, and it's expressive. And um, that's what's kind of cool, too, just even watching different people paint on a large scale. Everyone kind of has a different rhythm. You know what I mean? It's a lot to, to take in. It's funny you bring that up, too, because today I was just thinking this morning. I was like, you know, like large scale painting is really just a spectacle on some level. Like so I've been thinking as, you know, as a career path takes its um, its history or whatever, as it takes the path, there's this. Mm -hmm sort of insistence that artists should start to paint larger works as they go from like the galleries to the museums and that sort of thing. And I think it's like the, the transit of like selling works to poor people in apartments up to selling works to people in mansions. I think that's the trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was thinking this morning, I was like, I wonder if just painting small could be a sort of um, an, anti-trajectory sort of path that an artist can take as like a as a way to speak out against what could just be like a spectacle like um look how big i'm painting this thing to like show off mm -hmm. how big it is like do paintings really need to get larger and larger over time is it is it important mm. is it more like I, I, I so i wonder if it's about uh filling a space if it's about ego you know, like, look how big I can make this mm -hmm. thing so everybody could see it. Uh, is uh. it about a challenge? Is it about all these things, I wonder? But this morning, my my cup half full brain is like, maybe it's just a spectacle. Like, you know, like, oh, look how big I painted. This painting mm -hmm. is going to be so expensive and so many people couldn't put it in their space. You know, That's like true. there's uh, a, a non-populist sort of aspect to it. Yeah, you know what? That's a good question. And it's kind of crazy to even uh, to even think. There's a lot of factors that go into it. I don't know. I, I guess I have a few different different ways of thinking about it. And then also because I just saw um, uh, Cheech Marin, he he curated a show at. Um, have you heard or been to Vincent Price Museum in L.A.? No, I it's haven't. at East L.A. College. It's dude. They have a lot of really good shows. But yeah, he he um, curated a show because he's a big he's a big art collector, particularly. Yeah. Um, Chicano art, and it was a whole show of mini, of small paintings. Like nothing was bigger than a foot by foot, I believe. So that it was like that almost like directly relates to the question that you're asking. So yeah, yeah it's a trippy coincidence that you brought that up. I personally, I I don't know. I, I I appreciate both for sure. Like and and especially as far as accessibility too, because like. I mean, hopefully it's just like you'd hope that whatever you create, it goes to a home or goes to somebody that really, you know, has a connection to it. But I also think, too, because I'm starting to paint bigger. And that's something that's been happening within the past few years is I think um, s some paintings, I think um, going larger 
depending on like the content and depending on whatever it is you want to say, sometimes that kind of helps express. Sometimes that can like express what you want to put out there to be that you want it to be put out. You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully that'll have, it'll give it enough impact. Maybe some paintings have more of an impact larger than they do smaller, but then at the same time, some paintings have more of an impact on a smaller scale than they would larger. You know what I mean? So maybe it's on the the content and the image. I think. Yeah. It's almost like, no, for sure. Like where you're going to put it into context. Like, is it about being viewed? Mm -hmm. Is it about being collected? And I guess that sort of comes from like what angle you're you're working toward. So like I suppose an artist who's getting a large grant through some sort of art organization or system or museum mm-hmm. or however the process works, uh they don't so much have to worry about the collector base. If mm-hmm. if the work is being made already on the dime of another institution or or something of that effect, a, a grant or something. Yeah, that's true. So maybe there's a like an ease, like a, an ease of mind in that in that way. And you know, there's some stuff that technically you need to have a larger surface to be able to paint mm-hmm. some of the maybe smaller details of something you know that wouldn't work in a small piece. Yeah, that's true. It's funny that you even say that too, because um, I was I when I started to make uh, larger works, I think it was at a time when I really kind of had no money. And I was like in between living situations too. And like, well, I was like transitioning from like, you know, having a pretty, pretty decent um, job, like doing a, like scenic painting. So stuff was coming in and, you know, but it's like, it kind of comes and goes, you know, it's just, it's like, it's based on a, it's all based on, it's project based, you know? So there could be times where projects are coming in and you're good. I and mean, then there could be times where it's like, oh damn, three months, six months. And you got to like scramble or hustle. But around the time when, when jobs were good, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to start collecting all my materials and I want to start going big. Like this is going to be tight. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then like by the time I started working, like jobs were like few and far between. So it's like, damn, I might need to find a new living situation. Things are just getting tough. So what happened was at that time, um, did you, I'm not sure if you'd ever gone to the studio space I share with Dio and Eric um, back in, uh, in Koreatown. I'm not no, sure. Have no. you ever been there? No. Okay. So. Yeah, there was a, uh, a studio space in, in Koreatown in Los Angeles that we had. And so I was at the point I was roommate. My sister and I were, were roommating together. And basically, we were just like, dude, we both need to break out. And I just I, I moved to the studio space, which is way cheaper. You're not supposed to live there, but I did. So now I'm on blast, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, because it was basically like, I'm here and I'm miserable. And this is not a workspace and I can't make shit. And I got all this work in progress that I want to make. And I want to, I really want to do it. So it's like, I could put all my eggs in one basket and live a lot cheaper, but at least I have the space to make the stuff I want to make, you know? And I wasn't really showing or anything like that. So I guess it was just like, fuck, I just want to do this. So I know that I did it because if I don't try and do it, then it'll never happen. So I'm thankful that I did. And now things are, you know, things are a lot better and I'm stoked, but um, yeah, man, I'm just, just real fortunate to to have the space, just like you said, man, to have the materials and have the space where it's even feasible to like, to, to do it like that is, pretty awesome yeah and you know like from like an ecological standpoint like thinking a lot about like how wasteful and how destructive painting really is ecologically like i realize every day that i'm working with some gnarly plastics that are really unhealthy i uh you know like i rinse paint down the sink you know like it i haven't i try to get as much paint out of the brushes and rinse as much without putting the paint into the sink but Mm. if i'm being honest you know like i spray the fuck out of some spray paint you know i huff that shit and i see it blow out into the air you know like yeah for sure i understand that like there is some issues here with uh being conservative in terms of environmental issues as well so like there's like a wastefulness that i would that was also part of my thinking this morning in terms of like really large scale like i was thinking like think of all that goes like what actually goes into painting like a big large scale mural like the money the the materials and all that like it's totally worth it like i'm super stoked to see stuff all the time Mm -hmm. but then if i'm being uh you know like i'm i'm looking at it honestly there are there are some of those issues there that 
for for no particular well maybe there are some particular reasons of my own annoyance mm. that I I started to have those thoughts but that's not neither here nor there um so at what point do you realize okay I want to go to college I want to do this art thing like full blast um oh um well it, it all started, I would say it was a few different things, but um, probably like my senior year of high school, dude, I had a teacher that was really encouraging, Sharon Palmiter. She was my art teacher, and she she was the one. I mean, I'd ha- I've had encouragement with my family since I was drawing Mad Magazine, Alfred E. Newman, like little master copies when I was a little kid. <laughs> but yeah. um, I mean, that was cool. That was cool to even be in an environment where people were um, accepting and encouraging. Like that's al- that was already like – some you know like you said like one of those moments where looking back on it it's like you're fully appreciative so that was one for sure but um yeah my high school art teacher she introduced me to she set me up with like a path you know she kind of told me if you want to do this stuff which I can see you're into it um she wasn't forceful so that was cool but she was just really encouraging so she set me up if you want to go to city college I recommend going to Pasadena City College they have great professors that are working artists um it's really open um, there's so many different majors you can choose from. And then she told me about Art Center College of Design. And then she told me specifically to have a program for high school kids, which was Art Center Saturday High. So I would think that I think it was like maybe 14 weeks, um, one class every Saturday, maybe five hours where you're, you know, you're doing what the college kids are doing. So you're doing figure drawing, you're doing head painting and transportation design. So I just followed her path, dude. And one, since and by doing that, she just I, it, I was hooked, you know, that was it. Yeah. And then um, another, I would say like two more things too was, um, well, another thing uh, that I forget to mention, I actually talked to a cousin of mine the other day was um, when I was in college, they invited me to like a family party. And um, well, because they grew up in, um, in Ramona Gardens. So that's a housing project. Um, it's known as Hazard in Boyle Heights. And um, big, you know, big community. A lot of families have like deep history there. And they invited me to a party of a, of a f- close family friend and one of them, and he was a practicing artist and his name's Solomon Huerta. So he's like a, um, he's a popular painter, especially in the, in, and I would say in the nineties when he, when he blew up and he, he's an art center alumni, but so they brought me, I'm about 18 or 19. And, um, they went, we were at his sister's house in, um, somewhere in the Valley. I forget where exactly, but, um, the whole house just had so many like awesome paintings from small scale to large scale, like epic stuff, even stuff that I'd, I'd seen on album covers. It was dope, man. And I got, had the chance to meet him. So, um, I think, um, that was like beyond mind blowing. And then I, so I would say, um, to know, Oh, wow. I get to see these actual paintings. Those are probably, those are probably, probably my first experience seeing like actual painting, painting paintings in real life. And to meet the artist was, that was a pretty incredible one too. Yeah, it's always interesting to see the things right outside of what we, like, as children, put the context. Like, galleries don't re- – I don't remember seeing galleries at all when I was a kid, but I w- know that I went to museums. So mm-hmm. I was used to the museum context of seeing paintings. And I remember I was, like, around 19 or 20 when I saw, like, a really solid art collection of artists who I admired. Like, mm-hmm. some of the first time I seen a bunch of stuff. And was like, holy shit. Like, as soon as I saw it in person, as yeah. opposed to, like, just seeing, like, I was getting zines when I was a teenager, or magazines, or, you know, like, the beginning of the internet seeing shit. Oh, yeah. So, like, being and able to, is pretty, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, man. Especially when it's stuff that you can actually, uh, that connects to you, where it doesn't feel, like, you know, if you're going at a museum and you see something from the 1700s or 1800s, it's incredible and it's mind-blowing. But if you could see, if you see something that's kind of, like, done with that same amount of uh energy but it's contemporary it's like whoa like you know it's, it's gener- it relates to your generation which is pretty cool especially too like i feel like we're we're sort of sh- like as kids we mostly just see like tchotchke art like just like bad like i remember like going to like the swap meet as a kid and seeing like swap meet paintings do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like yeah yeah or like big sales in grocery store parking lots where those guys sell like those humongous paintings for like 10 bucks oh dude what's crazy about that too is like there's because there's paintings like that especially like where i grew up only like blocks away where it's paintings of um 
it's not not it's not a mural. It wouldn't be considered a mural, but it's like paintings of um, products like Clorox bleach and like Fritos and Cheetos and like it's. But they're perfectly rendered and they're freaking beautiful, dude. And like I would just straight up, I would like walk down the street just to go trip out. Like, damn, that's a painting. What? And I still do. <laughs> like, I'll walk my parents' dogs and like, and I'll still just. It's still like they're still running, so I could still go out there and trip out because it's still it's still well done and they're still tight, you know. It's. I even enjoy seeing just regular ad work if it's painted on a wall as opposed to like a print. Yeah, that's – yeah, no, you're right, dude. And it's kind of cool because now there's like – it seems like at least in L.A. and I, I, Well, actually, it seems just in the, maybe United States in general, there's more of an appreciation for sign painting and signage. I know a good amount of my friends are getting getting uh, sign painting and mural work and, and they're crushing it. So it's kind of nice to see that being appreciated, you know? Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a renaissance. I think people are sort of searching for things that could be handmade again. I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a, um, like a do-it-yourself, like move back into like the woods type of like a a little sort of de-evolution maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like there could be a slight movement towards that. Like an ant, I feel like we're going to see the anti-technology sort of, uh, mentality take place yeah. in humans before too long the the sort of it, ludite mentality yeah makes sense and hopefully if like i don't know every people can appreciate that too it's like yeah pros and cons to everything and it's like yeah man doesn't the tech stuff doesn't need to consume our, it you know serves a benefit but when it's sure. like when it fully consumes us uh you know it's and you too know much you know we see changes already happening with food like we see what's happened over the last 20 years from mass-produced food to try like people uh, growing gardens from people going to yeah. farmers markets, getting fresh foods. Like I just, I don't know. Do you cook at all? Um, not too, not too much. When when there's time, and I try, but it's really basic, dude. It's nothing, nothing heavy, you know. That's just to a, get by. I've been making soups for just for my lunches for the whole week, right? Like I just uh-huh. make a huge pot of soup, and then I can have that for lunch. Like, yeah. You know, like every other day, I'll go get a burrito or something. Um, yeah, yeah. But I've noticed this, like, I, I've i almost been more interested in cooking than I have. Like, painting, or cooking's been more fun than painting lately. Dick. And it's such a, it, dude, the process is exactly the same, basically. That's true. It is, yeah. I, you just I learn mean, how to apply some color and some, except there's flavor. I guess you, and you can't eat the painting. <laughs> Sometimes you want to, though. I know. Depending on the painting, yeah, there's so many paintings that that look culinary, you know, that look edible. So sick. Like, uh, I had uh, uh, Christian Van Minen. He he makes some oh, of those yeah. like jelly paintings that it like I just like it looks like a big plate of Jello or something. Uh-huh. Except it's like yeah, a human face yeah. Jello. Yeah, those are sick. <laughs> um, so I think maybe we could talk about your paintings specifically. I I recognize right away that um. Uh, family seems to play a very pivotal role, I guess, even in what we've talked about so far, but even in the actual imagery of the work. Um, I mentioned before, I I feel like you're a really unique painter in in the way that you even just apply paint to a surface. Um, There's a blurriness to your work that I find pretty interesting, and it seems like there's a realism mixed with a really heavy distortion. I, I wonder sometimes if I, well, while looking at it, like if if you feel like some of those family ties are viewed in that same way, you know, like there's realities to family and then there's parts that we like distort or, uh, you know, like I was talking about, like romanticizing things or, mm-hmm. you know, like even glass half empty, like we make things worse, you know, like we all have like everybody's family is tough, right? Uh huh. So I, yeah. I'm curious how those things play into how you're creating imagery. Um. Yeah, I think it's like. Uh, let me see. I think with the um, kind of like distortion, or it's like uh, with the it's like a push and pull of uh, of focus. And I think what I'm kind of trying to do with that is uh, show the relation to perception. Sometimes, um, whether it's something that's happening right in front of you, like even like this conversation, like depending on how your brain allows you to perceive it or what, whatever else is going on in your head, it's like it could be a surreal moment, you know? And so that kind of like that's kind of how it relates to like my paintings that are a little bit more like relevant to like 
2015 or this day and age. But yeah, there's a lot of paintings I've done with like family photos and just like like family events in general. Sometimes it seems like a lot of those are kind of like based on either reminiscing like nostalgia or trying to like paint my way into that situation that I don't even have too much recollection of. So I guess it's just like a push and pull of like trying to recreate a memory or trying to like work your way back into it. And yeah, I mean, I could say like, it's like a up and down of, um, of high and low in a sense. I mean, you know, I like those memories are, are, you know, relatively like celebratory, but um, yeah, they get funny and they get goofy and they get gross and family parties have, you know, like there's, you know, people drinking tequila and like memories <laughs> get all like, you know, get get weird. But it's like a mixture of all of the above. So hopefully it's like, you know, with along with the haze, I would like to hopefully bring in like like a mixture of emotions as well. Yeah. And I think yeah. that sort of comes like if you think about any type of like family party situation, there's always going to be somebody who's like a little bitter about one thing. So one family member is going to drink a little bit too much. One family member is going to be annoying or, you know, like. The, oh, yeah. It's all, we got all, we got everybody. There's the whole gamut. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I've been realizing as I get older how important the time spent with those people is. And I'm, oh, and yeah. it's interesting you bring up memories because I feel like that's something that writers do as well in terms of like. So um I think uh, I just heard Mike Giant was just on the Creative Lives, and he was talking about cool. how, um, like, writing something down like rebuilds the memory for you on mm-hmm. some level. Like it, it go like as you start to think about something, or as you like reminisce over a moment, uh, you also realize that there was the moments before and after that, and kind of can piece the the parts that your memory has just put in the files and kind of mm-hmm. put back in the subconscious. And by yeah. addressing those things, you can kind of – and I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. Like if I – like I've been wanting to write – I did a short film and I've been wanting to write more. And yeah, so I've been going back cool. in my own history to see what parts to grab from. And mm-hmm. it is like it something that I hadn't thought about in forever. You start to think about it. Then it's like, oh, there was that thing. And then, oh, I remember that memory. And that's attached to that thing. Yeah, for sure. And I imagine that's sort of what you what you mean when – when doing the, these older paintings, so do you are, are, do you feel like that's sort of behind you now, like that that style or the, those sort of um, topics? Um, you- no, not really. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say because I mean, but just and even to go back on your last question too, um, how you were saying like um, when you're thinking about one memory and then another one spawns and the before and the after, and it's all kind of sequential. Um, but I, I can't, that's something I, I try to incorporate in the paintings as well, as much as much as I can, only because like when you're working 2D, it's like, you know, it's a lot difficult to like give a sequence when, or when it's like one panel and, um, you know, all you can do is what you can do. Like yeah, and yeah. it's a big difference than like, um, you know, watching a documentary or like or, or writing where you get the before and the after and the before and the after. You know, so I'm like, yeah, try, you know, within, within the within like the construct trying to do, you know, what can what I what I can try to do, you know, yeah. but uh, that's I feel like then, one of the limiting things of, of visual arts of, of painting in particular. Yeah. But then also there's like so there's people like, you know, there's so many people that have come up with so many different solutions. It's, so that's what's kind of cool, too. Is but like, it's, yeah, with it's, it, we all get the same box and it's like, damn, there's like, you know, so many solutions that have been done, you know, and that. That sort of um, ambiguity is part of the allure as well. Like the fact that anybody could look at any painting and relate to it in their mm-hmm. own particular way. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like writing and movies and, and that sort of thing can do that too. But maybe it's not – like I feel like painting is much more obscure. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I would I – you know, I don't know. But I, th- but I think there's like something within each medium, you know, that can give you those feelings for sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what I think is like the real shit. Like when yeah, there's some weird like emotional shit. Yeah, some weird emotional connection to a piece. Yeah, it's funny. I was who's I was listening to uh to Mark Marin yesterday and he was kind of talking about that too. Just how I guess how he's just over like just um mediocre regurgitated um and is I think it's more so referring, referring to television, but just how like it's the cycle and it keeps going. We're getting the same like fucking happy meal of a 30 minute 
presentation. It's like, why can't we well, more? We want, you know, people want more of the good shit. Why shouldn't we demand like more of the good shit, more of the real stuff, you know? Dude. But I guess kind of kind of keeps us complacent getting the same regurgitated storyline within 30 minutes where we already know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, it's weird. I wonder how much of that is the people that produce this stuff and how much of it is actually our own fault for for paying attention. Sometimes. That's true. Yeah. For sure. Uh, dude, I've been watching the shit out of the Gilmore Girls. I'm going back. Oh, yeah. I know Gilmore Girls, yeah. Dude, it's so good. I had no idea. Like, So my wife's been watching it, and she watched like the first two seasons, you know, like in the background while I was working in the studio or yeah. whatever, and I could hear it. And I didn't mm-hmm. pay attention. I was like, this shit's stupid. And then eventually I started paying attention and caught some of the storyline. Yeah. I got a good soundtrack. Dude. I was that people like clown right away. I was like, there's so many amazing literary and musical references for the time period. Like when most people were just like pop, whatever. Like they were talking about, they talk about a lot of different things that you you could tell that the writers were pretty cool. You know, Mm -hmm. like they they kind of knew their shit. Of of course, it's like you know, like. But, like, cheesy television is cheesy television at the same time. But I've mm-hmm. been enjoying the late 90s, early 2000 nostalgia. Like, literally, you can Shit. watch the invention of the cell phone take place over the course of the first three seasons. Like, the yeah. first season, everyone's using payphones. Second season, they, like, have, like, the big fucking, like, Nokia phones. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And yeah, then yeah. you see the flip phones start to come. Eventually, I'm just waiting for the iPhone to show up. It's only a matter of time. I think it gets yeah, in there in funny, time, dude. but, but it's, it's almost being able, like, I talk about uh, time machines a lot, how, like, some of this stuff that we have recorded in some way is a time machine. And I think if time travel is real, it or is, if we somehow become capable of it, we will only be able to view what's happened, not, like, interact, be a part of it, but, like, almost mm-hmm. like you have a screen. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So I feel like we've already built time machines just nobody's called it that yet except for me (laughs) well yeah i mean it's always good just to have like just nuggets that document you know what exists i mean that's what's cool about museums is like what we get to well not well to a degree you know but we get to see kind of what certain aspects of life look like to some people but then I, i was only saying that because like some a lot of portraits are done of hierarchy but then when you have like velasquez painting people that are you know, of a different demographic, that's kind of, you know, which is, that's, it, change, it changes a lot because it kind of shows more of what exists beyond, like, the people that are paying, you know, the artists to paint them, you know? Yeah, and I feel like that's a big point for a lot of uh, people who do figurative and portrait work. And that's one of the things I had written down to who I ask all figurative painters, like, why, why is the figure, or in particular, why is the face mm-hmm. so fun to paint? Like, what is it? And, and secondly, that idea, you know, like how if, if it's, it was important for you to to like paint your family members or people who were at a party mm. that you went to because oh, yeah. of this anti sort of establishment movement of like where it's just kings and royalty and like hierarchy who, you know, in the, pa- the, the last 300 years were the ones getting yeah. their portraits painted. Because I know for me that's important, like painting the working class type, like the average Joe or even like – just painting portraits of my friends in in a way that allows them to almost feel as important or in in some way like make them live forever too yeah yeah for sure um yeah well i guess first question i don't know it's fun to try and get an to paint an expression or to try and like convey an emotion or to like that that's always a good feeling ever since the beginning i remember cuz i would always just draw i was learning to draw faces or just starting to draw portraits you know, when I was younger, and I guess that's all I knew. Art, all I thought art was was like, if you can dr- whatever thing you're trying to draw, if you could draw it and make it look like that, then that's art. That yeah. you made an art. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it gets it gets deeper, and as you go along. But um, I guess that's part of that still kind of stuck with me. I just still have fun, you know, with portraits and faces. But um, yeah, I think just being able, if you can, it's it, it is a good feeling to be able to try and like, I guess get to be able to paint the expression that you're trying to. And I guess the reason why choosing either family members or people that I know or people that I know of, or um, I guess it just kind of helps the stories that I want to tell because I think once I, once I finished 
uh, school, once I finished Art Center, I kind of didn't. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Still, I mean, I was kind of fig- starting fig- to figure it out, but I guess I still didn't. I didn't have it all figured out. But um, and I was kind of overwhelmed. Like, oh, what do you do? Blah 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 blah. But um, so I just took. You know, I took the time. Thankfully, well, what happened was I got in a car accident. Like somebody T-boned me, and they ran a red light. So that gave me like I forgot. How much, I think they gave me like six thousand bucks. So since I didn't have a job, it's like, oh, word, cool. I got a little bit of money to get by, you know. Um, so and that gave me the luxury of time to like paint. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I can nice. I can I can sit, I can chill and I can just paint, you know, without having to worry about, you know, rent or this or that. So, um, you know, I just yeah, I just started looking at photos for just from old like family photos or like just trip road trips with cousins and friends and stuff like that. And just even like, you know, archives from from graffiti files or from skateboarding files or whatever just things that I know about and things that I'm a part of. So I, I kind of started to simplify it and just think of like, I just want to paint kind of either what I know or where, what my, where my mind is at or kind of what I'm wondering about right now. And I think that kind of just made it a little bit easier to start making stuff, you know, sometimes it's still difficult, but now just, I guess just simplifying that down and just kind of allowing it to be, um, even if sometimes when I don't know what to paint or I'm not sure what to do, just knowing that, you know, something, will will come if you kind of just allow it to yeah but um have you had any pull away from the figurative work have you thought about doing other non-figurative type works and at all um i thought about it yesterday (laughs) but um no i did i thought about it but um may i I, maybe you know maybe in time anything can really happen like i'm i'm gonna i'm working on a painting where it's kind of like a collage of multiple paintings um, kind of based on uh, my experience working well, where I am right now at uh, Hollywood Media Arts Academy, which is a uh, continuation high school in L.A. So I'm, I want to like pull I want to make maybe like 50 paint like paintings ranging from like medium size to absolutely tiny. And I want to and, and then put them all in one frame. Um, so some of them are just going to be like a painting of a burrito or a painting <laughs> of like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. high school cafeteria lunch or whatever. And then um or a foosball table that's like maintained with like duct tape and like gum and because st- that's what we they got a brand new foosball table now but yeah dude before it was just like so janky but it was sick because like they all still wanted to play and it's like damn whatever however we can hold this thing together we'll do it but, do you um, feel like so- you're addressing that issue with with a piece like that of uh not being able to tell a full narrative do you think by putting a bunch of paintings in as one painting that you can address some issues a little more clearly you know what kind of and i've made a few paintings that are that are like that where it's just like yeah um like multiple pieces within one and yeah i think that's kind of like a solution otherwise if it were one direct panel i I don't think i would be able to like um express what i'm trying to but i think i think it does help too and it's like a pretty fun way then it's like i don't know almost like putting together like a puzzle which is kind of fun Uh you know and it kind of starts to build its own thing sometimes like its own stories sort of manifest and I For think sure. uh, I've been wanting to add a lot of um, just writing into stuff lately. And I've done yeah. it in the past, like randomly when I needed certain information. But like mm-hmm. I've wanted to like start just like writing shit out on to like allowing words to be a part of paintings as well. And not just in yeah. like a like, oh, look at he painted that word, that one, that single word pretty oh, or for something. Sure. But like really like writing some like real shit out that has something to do even to to do what I, the same thing to bolster a a more um direct narrative or a more direct dialogue maybe like yeah, really express cool. myself maybe it, maybe it feels like it could i could sometimes i it could express myself better with words than with images which is usually yeah. <clears throat> not common amongst the creative types right that's like i didn't know how to say this thing so i put it in this cryptic uh, medium. Yeah, I agree with that. To be honest, I mean, and that's cool that you want to incorporate that too, because it's like they're both, you know, beautiful, you know, ways to compose. Personally, I can't because I, I'm, I'm not a good. I suck at writing. I, you know, emails are difficult. Like all that <laughs> stuff. I, writing is is not the easiest thing for me. It's easier. You know, it's easier to talk. It's easier to talk on the phone or talk in person for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll sit there for hours trying to like perfectly draft. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty pretty tough, but that but yeah, no, I always appreciate you know when it when it's done, you know. So, what is the um the environment like that you're teaching in? Uh it's you said it's a it's a continuation school. Is it performing mm-hmm. arts? Is that 
Well, um, so uh, it's I'm, I work for um, a nonprofit called Artworks LA, which has been around for it's going on uh, 23 years, I believe. And it was originally called the Heart Project, but they changed their name um, three years ago. And um, so this is kind of like our first school because usually we'll go we go to different continuation high schools around LA, and once a week we'll have an art we'll have an art class, and nice. it's with and we've worked with a lot of like you know, a lot of, um, professional artists, really diverse group, you know? So they, they've gotten performance art, they've gotten screen printing and different kinds of visual art and photography and filmmaking. So it's pretty, it's really open, you know? And, um, but the, so the school that I'm at, this is like the first school that we kind of like have a, have or had a full partnership with where five days a week we're you know, there are art classes, you know? So, Usually we try to have like a visual art, photography, um, some type of performance and, um, you know, maybe like some type of digital. Um, I know things are kind of a bit in flux, right? Here, at least at, at this particular school. Yeah. But um, yeah, but we um, uh, that's why with this painting, I'm trying to like capture like kind of like four years of just like just experiences, whether it's just art experience or life experiences, because like this, you know, I've been here. I'm usually here every day. Yeah. So what's kind of cool is I work with the same group of students every single day and they know, I know them and they know me and we, we all know how each other, we know how each other, we know how we all work. We know the rhythm and the culture of the school. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a pretty family vibe. It's a family vibe for sure. Yeah. You know, do you find, um, uh, a different type of reward from teaching, from sharing with these kids? Is it, uh, do you feel like it's more so rewarding than making things? Is it- I don't. It doesn't have to be a competition, but oh no, I think I think it's all. You know, I, I don't know. I, I would say it's all just a satisfaction. You know, maybe a different kind, but um, like and like if they're getting stoked on art, then that's really you know, then that's awesome. But then just I don't know, just to see them like you know somebody accomplish something or like get get a job or like move forward or you know anything like that, just to see them have a good day is is, is awesome, dude. It's it is a you know it's a great feeling for sure. It's it's fun, man. It's kind of and that's what's kind of cool is just like ha- having a job or or ha- going to a place where you can where you have to like kind of remove yourself from the equation. It's like, you know, it's about them, not about, you know, it's not about us and then you know don't take it personal because dude we're in a continuation environment but then it's like you gotta you, you gotta be thick-skinned but then it's like thankfully where i'm at this place where i'm with these guys every day and we've known each other for years it's like you know the the um communication is really it's really easy and like you know and then things get open and walls you know walls are taken down so it's like yeah just to see like you know their uh their set you know, their victories and stuff is awesome that's rad man uh I think that's a good spot to end it. We uh we got a good forty five in. I know you got yeah. some work coming up. I got a bunch of fucking woodworking to do that I'm not looking Sick. forward to doing in the heat. I love yeah. doing it. It actually today's not too bad. It's been ballistic. What kind of woodwork? Uh, I'm just building some panels to paint on. Oh, tight, man. Yeah, it's good. So um I wanna thank you again for, for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Can we um send some people your way to check out your stuff online? You on the Instagrams, the the interwebs, the Facebooks. Yeah, for sure. The yeah. Twitters? So, Are you on the Twitters? Nah, nah. That's like I said. I suck at writing, dude. So I'm not trying to – you know what I mean? Like, None I of the like artists my... are on Twitter. If they are, they yeah. don't use it. They just have it. Yeah, I don't want – I don't need to be sharing my – you know, nobody needs to hear that. But let me see. Website is www.michaelalvarezart.com. And then Instagram, it's uh, two underscores, Michael Alvarez, and then two underscores after. So, um, Yeah. That's the Digi. Nice. And uh, you got any shows or anything coming up that uh, you want to plug? Right. uh, Let me see. I'm working on something for um, 2016 with a space called uh, Mars. Museum is retail space in in L.A. Really cool space. And um, no date is set yet, but I'm working on something for for that time. Okay, nice. And um, I I just sent out a big uh, like invite to all the artists or the artists who have been on the show for the last uh-huh. three years. Um, yeah, we're doing a big five year anniversary. Show. I guess this is the announcement. I haven't really announced it. What? Damn, that's tight. Uh, five year anniversary show at the Daniel Rolnick Gallery uh, in November. So it'd be rad to have one of your pieces in there since you you're on the show now. Um, cool. So man. If you have something small, I'll um, I'll forward the email to you. 
do check it out and uh, hopefully we'll be able to show some of your work in that dude show sounds well. good man i'm down okay nice let's do internet dap and we'll call this thing for sure bam bam nice that was the most powerful internet dap that I've had. Oh, yeah. felt the vibration. One hundred and sixty-five episodes. That's the most. That's <laughs> the strongest internet dap. Congratulations. Came with it. <laughs> uh, All right, my brother. Thank you again, and uh, I look forward too. to seeing you soon. Likewise, man. Have a good one, dude. All right, late. Thanks, Mike. That was my chat with Mr. Michael Alvarez. Um, rad to get him on the show, and psyched to have a piece of his in the upcoming five-year anniversary show. Don't forget about that at the Daniel Rolnick Gallery. It's going to be uh, November 7th, uh, first Saturday of November, I believe. So I hope to see all your pretty faces there. Um, as always, make sure you go follow me at Mike Maxwell Art, uh, Instagram, Twitters, Facebooks, whatever. The podcast is at Live Free Podcast. We hashtag it on the Instagrams just for fun. Um, and go follow Mike out there. And I guess that's it. So we will be in touch soon. Uh, next week's episode will be with uh, Don Pendleton. So look for that uh, next Thursday. I'm trying to keep the episodes going out here on a regular schedule. That's what you call those things. Keep it on a regular schedule. So yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. I will talk to you next week. All right. Has it gone with some like this? Lordy, Lordy, we likes to party. We don't cause trouble. We don't bother nobody. We're just some niggas who on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. For all my dogs, keeping y'all in health. Just to see you smile and enjoy yourself. Cause it's cool when you cause a cozy conditioning, which we create. That's our mission, so listen close to what we say Because this type of shit happens every day I woke up around 10 o'clock in the morning I gave myself a stretch up, a moaning, yawning Went to the bathroom to wash up I threw some soap on my face and put my hands up on a cup And said, um, mirror, mirror on the wall Who is the top dog of this?